Welcome to It's Time to Love Yourself podcast. My name is Huda and I am the Love Yourself coach. My mission in life is to show you how to go from being stuck in a shame spiral to being in a loving connection with yourself so you can show up in all areas of your life authentically and confidently as who you want to be. This is the second episode of the podcast, and in this episode, we will discuss the concept of self-trust. And as you may know, I love asking you questions. I love starting episodes with questions. So let me start with the first question that I have prepared for you. Do you feel like you trust yourself? Or do you struggle to feel confident in yourself? Do you feel like you could be doing bigger things in your personal or professional life, but you feel like lacking trust in yourself holds you back from moving forward with your dreams? If you have answered yes to any of these questions, please know that this episode was written for you. Listen to the episode to know what self-trust means and how to cultivate it. So in the last episode, we talked about self-awareness being the first step to develop a loving connection with yourself. Now, before diving deep into what the concept of self-trust means and how to cultivate it, let us define the structure of what it means to be in a loving connection with yourself. So to explain and share with you the structure of what it means to be in a loving connection with yourself, I would like to share a story with you. Throughout my work with my clients and my own healing journey, something kept coming back. And that is the relationship that we have with ourselves. Now it's important that I clarify something before we move forward. I make a difference between a relationship with ourselves and a loving connection with ourselves. I define a relationship with ourselves as something that we did not have a choice over, meaning we did not choose to be in a relationship with ourselves because our coming to this world chose that for us. And when I realized that, I did not like it. It felt like we don't have power over the relationship that we have with ourselves. So I decided after lots and lots of reflection to call the relationship that we have with ourselves a loving connection with ourselves. And that self-loving connection starts with a choice that we make for ourselves. When we say, this has to stop, I want to heal, I want to feel connected and in peace with myself. So now that we got out of the way, the difference between being in a relationship with ourselves and being in a loving connection with ourselves, let me share the framework that I developed to cultivate a loving connection with yourself. So I've developed a structure of what it means to have a loving connection with yourself, and that includes four categories. If you have listened to the first episode, you probably have already know what the structure includes and what are the four categories. But let me say it again in case you didn't listen to the first episode. So 
We develop a loving connection with ourselves through four categories. The first one is self-awareness. The second one is self-trust, which is, as you have probably realized by now, the subject of this episode. The third category is self-respect that we will dive deeper into in the next episode of this podcast. And the fourth and last category is self-loving kindness, which is going to be the topic of two episodes from now. So let me summarize everything that we've talked about up until now. So I've shared with you the backstory of how I realized that calling this thing that we have with ourselves, a relationship with ourselves, seemed like we didn't have power over it. So I decided to call it a loving connection with ourselves, which I believe starts with a choice that we make with ourselves when we decide and say to ourselves or to our support system, whatever feels comfortable and good for us, stop, I need to heal, I need to be in peace with myself. So at that moment, it the relationship that we have with ourselves completely shifts and begins to become a loving connection with ourselves because we consciously make a choice to be connected lovingly to ourselves. And so the framework that I've developed or the structure, if you prefer to call it a structure, is includes four categories. Again, self-awareness, self-trust, self-respect, and self-loving kindness. Now that I've summarized everything that I've talked about up until now, let's dive deep into the topic of this episode. Let's define self-trust before we move into the plan that I've prepared for you to do to know how to cultivate self-trust. So self-trust, what does it mean, self-trust? So when you have self-trust, that means first that you know yourself enough to know the parts of you that hold the most empowering energy for you that you can rely on every time you're about to do something meaningful and challenging for yourself. And at the same time, you are aware of the parts of you that need your care and nourishment in your current life. Now, to help you know how to develop self-trust, I've prepared a plan for you that includes, I'm going to count at the same time (laughs) with you here, how many parts that I put into this plan. So one, two, three, four, five. Actually, it's more of a four parts plan, but there is a prerequisite that I will get into. So without further ado, let's get into the fourth part plan. to know how to cultivate self-trust in your life today. So, like I just said, there is a prerequisite. Prerequisite. (laughs) Well, it's a long word, so (laughs) I may have struggled a little bit to pronounce it. Anyway, so the first thing that I believe is an absolute necessity to have when you want to cultivate self-trust, and that is self-awareness. And if you don't know what self-awareness means, if you don't know how to cultivate it in your life, please go back to the first episode of this podcast and listen to the whole episode where I I walk you through a four-part plan to to show you how to develop self-awareness in your current life. 
Now that we got out of the way, self-awareness, let us dive deep into the other parts of this plan that I've prepared for you to to develop self-trust. So the first part of this plan is to cultivate an unconditional sense of worth. So if you have struggled with self-esteem or self-worth in your life, this might probably sound difficult or feel difficult for you. If you have been conditioned to believe that what you're worth is basically how you perform, how you perform at work, whatever you do at work, how you perform at home, how you perform with your family, with your friends. I just want to make things clear here. When I say unconditional sense of worth, I mean having no attachment that your worth has no attachment whatsoever to any kind of material object on this planet. It means that you don't need anything outside of yourself, of your soul, of your body to prove that you are worthy. Let me clarify this even more. I believe that the only explanation and proof that we need to say and to believe that we're worthy is the proof that we came into this world. Because let's face it, it was not our choice to come to this world. So I believe that starting from that point, our sense of worth is unconditional and should be unconditional for any human being, literally any being on this planet. We don't have and we don't need anything other from the fact that we came to this earth to prove that we are worthy and that we are unconditionally worthy. And I know this might take practice for you. I know it's a journey. Believe me, I've been there. But remember, everything is a journey in this life. And I mean everything. Work experiences take time and take practice. Relationships take time and take practice. Difficult times in life take times and take patience and take practice to get through. So focus on this part of the plan as a journey. You are literally on a journey to build your belief that you are unconditionally a worthy person. The second Part of this plan is cultivating the idea that making mistakes do not define you or your worth. This actually links back to the first part of the plan, which is cultivating an unconditional sense of worth. But I would like to call it a kind of caveat, an important one nonetheless, because In this current society, and especially if you have tried, if you've been through corporate work, if you are still in the corporate world, we have been conditioned to believe that each mistake that we make is literally the end of the world. It's such a catastrophized thing to make mistakes in the corporate world that we tie our sense of worth as a human being, as an employee, to the work that we provide. So I need you to understand that 
any mistake that you make in life. And I mean that any mistake that you make in life does not define your worth, does not define who you are as a person. Just because you've made a mistake does not mean something about you, does not mean, quote unquote, you're a loser, okay? We all make mistakes. It's part of our human complexity. And when you make mistakes, develop the practice of looking around you and saying, huh, I am not the only one making mistakes. That colleague could have made a mistake yesterday. You probably don't even know, you know, people all the time make mistakes. I've made mistakes today. I did make mistakes yesterday. I will probably make mistakes tomorrow. That is a part of the human experience. And I don't think that's said enough. I will repeat it again. Making mistakes is part of the human experience. So up until now, we talked in this fourth four parts plan to develop self-trust, we talked about three things that I'm going to summarize again. We talked about cultivating self-awareness, which is an absolute necessity to develop self-trust. You need self-awareness. We talked about cultivating an unconditional sense of worth. We talked about cultivating the idea that making mistakes do not define you or your worth. Now we're going to get into the part that I think would be a little bit trickier for you to listen to and to put into practice, but let's get into it because I believe that this is going to be a game changer for you. And the third part of this four, four parts plan, gosh, it's difficult to say it, four parts plan, <laughs> is to be kind to yourself, even in the most simplest ways. And again, this is practice. And I'm going to say something that I, you probably never heard someone say before, but I'm going to say it because it's the truth. If you wait until the day that you no longer struggle, struggle with self-criticism to start being kind to yourself, that day, I'm just going to be very honest in here, just, just going to be very authentic and very honest with you here, that day may never come. Yeah, I said that. I, I said it out loud on my podcast because I cannot believe how many uh, things, how many ideas, how many opinions are out there uh, talking about focusing on you should treat yourself right, you should da 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 da, you should work on self criticism. Well, I'm just gonna break some news to you. Probably not going to be a good news to you. It takes time to work on self-criticism. I'm not saying that it's going to take years for you. It might, depending on the situation. I am just saying, if you struggle with self-criticism, you don't have to wait until the day that you are quote-unquote healed to start being kind to yourself. You could be kind to yourself from this moment. When you are listening to this part of the podcast episode, you can be kind to yourself. And that could look in very simple ways, okay? That could look like you saying to yourself, wow, I've listened to this episode, bravo, and clapping your hands and applauding yourself for listening to an episode that could be helpful for you, okay? That could look like hugging yourself. Yeah, I said it. Actually, hugging yourself, okay? You probably never did this before, and I promise you it's going to make you feel good if you try it, so do try it, okay? 
It could look like looking at yourself, looking in your eyes. That is also probably something you've never done. And I can tell you from someone who struggled with self-hate for decades, that was a game changer for me. Okay? So summarizing this part, being kind to yourself, even in the most simplest ways. And again, you don't have to wait until the day that you are healed, that you're done with self-criticism to be kind to yourself. You could start being kind to yourself from this second. Okay? So summarizing again could be could be helpful for you to follow the episode. So we've talked about in the plan to develop self-trust. We've talked about self-awareness. We've talked about an unconditional self uh, sense of worth. We've talked about cultivating the idea that making mistakes do not define you or your worth. We've talked about being kind to yourself, even in the most simplest ways. And now we're going to talk about something that I've talked about in the first episode, but that I believe that is again a journey and I believe that is absolutely necessary absolutely necessary for you. So I'm gonna talk about it again. And that is the last part of this four parts plan that I've set up for you to develop self-trust. And in this last part, the fourth part, I wanna emphasize about parts acceptance. As you probably know by now if you watch my work if you read my work if you listen to the other episode you probably know that I believe that we all have parts of ourselves that kind of look like the different aspects of ourselves of our personalities and those parts of us actually what is are actually what makes us whole as a person Meaning we all have parts, some of them we have hidden for a long time, some of them we have exiled for a long time, some of them we have ignored for a long time. And I believe that from the moment that we acknowledge all of our parts, from the moment that we work on accepting them, from that moment, we will learn to be authentically who we are inside of us and we will learn to show more of ourselves to the outside world. So I believe that accepting all of our parts is really, really, really helpful when you are working on developing self-trust and eventually a loving connection with yourself. So what parts acceptance means is that you see and you are aware of the parts of you that needs the most healing, tending, and that holds the most wounds. And that you work on tending to them, on caring for them, on listening to what messages they have for you, what emotions they want to share with you. And the more that you will learn to take care of all of these parts, so all of you, you will learn to show up authentically and to really develop the sense of trust because you know yourself from the inside out. And not only you know yourself from the inside out, you are actively working on accepting the different aspects of yourself. So the different, part, different parts of yourself. I just finished the four-part plan that I've set up with you in which I talked about 
self-awareness as an absolute necessity. The first part was about cultivating an unconditional sense of worth. The second part was about cultivating the idea that making mistakes do not define you or your worth. The third part was about being kind to yourself. The fourth part was about parts acceptance. Before I wrap up this episode, I would like to share something with you that I believe would actually open your eyes about something. And that is around emotions. So I know that sometimes navigating and feeling some emotions could be difficult and tricky, especially if the emotions tend to kind of become full-blown when you start to feel like they're they're taking over yourself, they're taking over you, I would just like to remind you of something. Emotions are actually a part of your human experience. You are always going to have emotions. What I would like you to reflect about is that your emotions do not have to be the ones making decisions for you. Let me give you an example. If you start feeling scared when you are about to make a decision in your life or when you, yes, let's talk about making a decision. When you are about to make a decision in your life and you start to feel afraid, your fear do not have to be the one making the decision for you. You are fully capable of making the decision without having the fear interfering with what you want to choose for yourself. You could actually acknowledge your fear and say, okay, I feel afraid, I feel scared, I feel this thing going on in my body. It actually helps a lot to notice in which place in your body it's happening, the emotion is happening. And once you acknowledge the emotion and where is it happening in your body, you could say to yourself, okay, I acknowledge the emotion. I know where is it happening in my body. Now I need to make this decision and I do not want to let the emotion be the one making the decision in my place. I want to be the one making the decision in my place. So you actually go ahead and make the decision. That emotion could stay with you while you make a decision. By the way, that is pretty, pretty normal. Okay? So... But just because the emotion is there for you doesn't mean that you cannot make the decision. You could actually make the decision and be scared at the same time. And that is probably more human than any other possibility where I will just tell you, you could just ignore the emotion and make the decision. It does not work that way, okay? Even when you try to suppress the emotion, the emotion is there, is still there. So... The easiest way to deal with emotions is to feel them, acknowledge them, feel them, and go ahead and do what you want to do for yourself. So that was all for this episode. I believe this one is going to be a longer one than the first one, but that is okay. I wanted to be sure that I was concise. I got, I shared with you everything that I have experienced everything that was helped was helpful for me and for my clients and I hope that this episode was helpful and that is going to help you make the first move towards actually loving yourself as for me I will see you in the next one bye